Father, we bless your name right now. Speak a word in this place. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will last forever. The words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be accepted on your sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. want to read two verses read in your hearing. I want to read them from the Living Bible. Exodus 14 verse 13 and 14 from the Living Bible. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand where you are and watch. And you will see the wonderful way the Lord will rescue you today. The Egyptians you are looking at, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you and you won't need to lift a finger. And you won't need to lift a finger. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk again from the theme, giving up is not an option. Giving up is not an option. You know, life sometimes can cause you to want to give up. It can cause you to think about giving up. It can cause you maybe to situationally remove yourself. But giving up on life and giving up on God is not an option. There, there, are, there are things that happen, yes. Trials and tragedies, yes. There are things that we go through that will make you want to throw in the proverbial towel. But giving up is not an option. Come with me for a minute. The children of Israel had been in Egyptian slavery year after year, year after year, decade after decade, century after century, praying for deliverance. Get me out of here, God. Save us. Bring us out. Work it out. And God, through a series of miraculous acts, eradicates them and, er and moves them from the slave position and grabs them out with prosperity and allows them to leave Egypt. God, God, God lets them with a mighty hand. You, you, you know the plagues. You know the ways in which he upset Egyptian life to where they wanted them to leave. And God does this. But while they are on the journey away 
from slavery. While they're on the journey in their new freedom, a new situation arises. It's a situation that is divinely orchestrated, but at the same time, it's hard to deal with. It's a situation that falls in the mind of God as a plan of God, but it's still hard to deal with. No, 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 you, you didn't get that. In other words, what they are about to deal with, God set them up for it. God said to Moses, you camp here. Go back and read chapter 14. And God said, when you do that, the Egyptians will think you're lost. And what I'm going to do is, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. And he's going to come after you. And when he does, I'm going to take them out for my glory. Wait a minute. You mean it's a setup? No, the, the, the text says it's God that told him. You read it, it's Yahweh said, Yahweh said, Yahweh said, Yahweh said, Yahweh said. They prayed to Yahweh, Yahweh. Yah, yah. God said it. I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And he's going to come after you. And I will get my glory. As I take, wait a minute now. Then, 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 then a part of the lessons of this text have to do with how we deal with what God allows to happen to us. Because a part of my problem is that some of what I've gone through are things that I have sown that I'm reaping. In other words, it's not a cross, it's a crop. <laughs> and consequences have come due. That's just life. But some of the things I deal with happen to do with divine providence and God working things out for my betterment even though before I get to better, I got to go through bitter. Before I get to sweet, I got to handle my sour. And here in the text, God has suffered it to be so. That Pharaoh is barreling down upon them. And the words I read in verse 13 and 14 are the words related to the advice and the preachment, if you will, 
and the exhortation of Moses to the people. But the people speak before then. And the people give us some of what's going on. So let's, let's in the next few minutes I have, let's, let's, let's break just these two verses or verse 13 and verse 14a down. I'll do B next week. <laughs> Stay with me. The text teaches us four major lessons. Four major lessons. Each of which helps us to understand how to deal with life and how to handle what's around us. And the first major lesson that the text teaches us is that oppression-focused trauma is real. Oppression-focused trauma is real. What do you mean, Reverend? Well, let's pick up verse 10 again. As Pharaoh approached the Israelites, looked up and saw the Egyptians marching after them, and they were very frightened. So the Israelites cried out to the Lord and then said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What is this that you have done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Did we not say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? Look, they're admitting that they would have rather lived and died in oppression than to have to deal with the bitterness of breaking free. Y'all ain't got this yet. He says, he, they said, for it would be better that we, if we would serve the Egyptians as slaves than to die in the wilderness. Wait a minute here. What you have here is the mind of the oppressed when it is focused on trauma. So that the more you think about the traumatic experience that you've gone through, the more you focus on it, the less you can live in the moment you're in. The more you think about the trauma you've experienced, and people in this room and people who listen to me later on, the people online, you, you know what I'm talking about. There are things in your life that have happened to you that you haven't even told your parents. Things in your life that have happened along the way that you have not spoken of. There are traumas that you've had, nightmares and dreams of life. There are things that you've been through that are, that are unspeakable to you and you try not to focus on them. And because you know that when you focus in on trauma, it'll trigger you. Let me, let me, let me, let me talk. Get this. Their fear was based in past trauma and present triggers. Their fear was based on the 400 years of Egyptian slavery and now the slave master pursuing them. Their fear has been triggered by the sight of the slave master. And in the triggering moment, the first thing they think about is B 
under bondage might be better than being free in the wilderness. They are triggered back psychically into the moment of bondage and wanting and desiring the hellishness of servitude, indigenous, forced servitude, slavery, over freedom in the wilderness. My ancestors used to sing a song, before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. There's something about the fact that you can get so pressed by life, so traumatized, that the trauma seems like somewhere you want to be. You have to realize they, they carry the hopelessness and helplessness of generations in their spirits. No wonder they spoke with such despair. The hopelessness and helplessness of generations was, was in their spirit. It was in their DNA. And they, and they spoke with the despair of generations. That was generations talking. Not just the immediate group. Generations of despair. Generations of tears. I, um... I talk about this. I, I, I like, I enjoy. Sometimes I, I have to do something that I don't have to think about. So I like mindless things every now and then just so I don't have to think. I just want to just yeah, mindless entertainment. So uh, I, I, I hooked on somehow and YouTube Rhythm got me, put a video in my bag uh, for Bushman pranks. And I it's the dumbest thing ever. I sometimes, I was finding it hilarious for a moment. The bush man is, or, or woman, it's a person who will dress up like a bush, sit in a flower pot, stand next to a tree, stand in a grove somewhere, and when somebody comes by, they may make a noise or say hello. And people will jump up in the air. And it's hilarious. You know, because you could almost <laughs> you could almost tell, you can look at them when they're walking down and go, this is gonna be a good one right here. This is gonna be a good one. They look like they're gonna have a fit. And it was all fun and games for me for the first few videos. I was cracking up. Didn't cost me anything that I know of. I'm sure YouTube was gathering information on me and selling me commercials. And there's somewhere there's a pay, there's a fee. There's a fee. Anyway, it was all fun and games until I was watching this one Bushman and I thought it was a hilarious reaction until the woman got really upset and started to cry. And she apologized to the bush person. I don't remember if it was a male or female in the bush. She apologized. She said, I'm sorry, it's not you, it's me. I'm suffering from PTSD. I, done. Done. 
I'm done. I'm done. Just took away all my joy. Now I'm praying for somebody on YouTube. We, we are surrounded by triggers that can put us back into trauma as though it just happened. And these folk were back in the trauma of oppression. And, 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 Moses, and Moses looks at them and Moses sees that, that they're having this traumatic moment and Moses begins to speak to them and preach to them in verse 13. Moses says this, then Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Take your stand, this is the Amplified Version. Be firm and confident and undismayed and see the salvation of the Lord. Wait, come on back. His first words to them were, do not be afraid. Second lesson out of this text for us is, overcoming fearful thinking is required. Overcoming fearful thinking is required. You, you, you have to get through the fearful thinking in life. Because, because fearful thinking will, will mess with you. It'll mess with your head. It'll keep you from going out. It'll keep you from living your life. It'll hold you back. And sometimes we get caught up into a vortex of fear that frustrates us and keeps us from doing anything that God has established for us or taking any chances or opportunities that are before us or moving with any kind of risk into something that we, we become risk of adverse and so we stay away from anything. We don't try anything. We don't do anything. We've got dreams that we will not bring to fulfillment, books we won't write, songs we won't put to pen and paper. We've got things that are birthed in our spirit that never come out because we have fearful thinking and we've found a number of ways to make excuses for the why not and we found nothing to affirm us in the why we should you, 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 you can be stifled stagnated and stuck by your fears stifled stagnated and stuck by your fears. You, you have to be careful now. Be careful. Your fear will keep you from doing what you ought to do. You, 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 you can get so stuck, you, you aren't able to move. You know, we talk about fight, flight, or freeze. Some of us have been frozen in the middle of the summer. We've been frozen while the heat was on. We freeze. You, listen, overcomers must first overcome the self with its fear-producing anxiety. Overcomers must first overcome the self. I know people who are holding off on getting operations they need because they're afraid. 
holding off on, on, on taking care of business because they're afraid. But until you overcome yourself, until you bring yourself under subjection, you will not be able to conquer what is before you. I, I got to hurry, I got to hurry. My time is running out. But listen, listen, listen. The third, the third lesson here is observation in faithful trust brings relief. Observation in faithful trust brings relief. Now this, this is important, you gotta get this one. Because Moses told them, watch. One, one translation says, stand still and see. It, it, it is, you, you need to observe what's getting ready to happen. You need to observe what God is about to do. Open your eyes up and see how God is getting ready to bless you. Let me tell you something. I, I know you look around and you see your Egyptians in front of you or behind you. And I don't know who your Egyptians are today, but let me talk to you about them. You, you, you see those that this proverbial army amassed against you and you think that means that God has failed you but, but the observation of the wicked is not an indication of failure on the part of God or God's plan. The fact that you can see them ought to make you excited. Because thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> the fact that you can see him ought to make you jump. You ought to get excited. Hey, 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 hey. If God spoke to Moses and told Moses that he was going to harden Pharaoh's heart and that Pharaoh was going to chase after them and that Pharaoh was going to come and God was going to get the glory when the destruction of Pharaoh and his army, if God had told him that, Moses should have been upset if he couldn't see him. You don't even know when to shout. He should have been upset if he couldn't see his enemies. Not because he sees them, because when he sees them, they're right where God wanted them to be in your sight. What did the psalmist say? Only with thine eyes will thou see and behold the reward of the wicked. God said, I need you to see it because I need you to see that I'm taking care of it. I need you to see that it's done, that it's fixed up, that it won't be the same. Uh, there's a there's this little, little cultish kind of movie called Major Pain. It's a cute little Damon Wayne movie. You'll, you'll laugh if you ever watch it. In there, there's a little boy called Tiger, and Tiger's afraid of the dark. Tiger's afraid of everything. He's an orphan child, and the little boy is having nightmares. He thinks there's ghosts in his closet. He thinks there's a boogeyman in there. And Pain has no tolerance for children and really no kind of, of personality at all. So, so the little boy calls him to the room. He, he's upset because something's in the closet. It's a bad man, a boogeyman. And Payne pulls out his pistol. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. 
And he turns to him and said, if he's in there, he won't be around. He's in a bad place. And the little boy was all happy. He got the bad man because he needed to see something happen to let him know that whatever it was couldn't get him. From that moment on, he had no more fear. Yeah, went over your head, went over your head. As long as the Egyptians were going to be in Egypt and you were going to be wandering around the wilderness, you'll be worried that they're going to come back and get you. So I need you to see me defeat them so that you know you don't have to worry about them. I know you ain't heard it like this. Come on, let me work with you a moment. I, I, I'm, going, I'm, I'm done. Here, here's the last point. Here's the last point. The omnipotent one will fight today is our refuge. That's our refuge. Um, let, me, let me see if I can break this down. I use the word omnipotent here. The text uses the word Yahweh. In the Hebrew Bibles, most would say Adonai. Now, Adonai means my Lord, which is the first person singular for the pronoun. What, let me see if I can help you. In other words, it's God Almighty. Yahweh. Brother Chandler sing that song. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Yeah. But one of the many attributes or characteristics of God is his omnipotence, which speaks to his power. I'm, I'm walking somewhere. Stay with me for a moment. Let me see if I can break this down and make you happy in the head. Listen. Omnipotence is from the Latin prefix meaning omni, meaning all, and the word potens meaning potent or powerful. Thus the term means all powerful. Are y'all staying with me? So what God has said to them is that the battle is not yours. I think you're about to get this. It's the Lord's. Let me, let me see if I can work with you here. See, some of y'all up against some stuff, and you're going to be up against some stuff next week, and you know you can't handle it by yourself. You're dealing with some health challenges, or people around you are dealing with health challenges. You're dealing with some grief. You're dealing with some hard trials, and you don't know what you're going to do. I came to just tell you this. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Y'all didn't get that. I, I know you can't fix it. I know you can't work it out. I know you can't change it. It's out of your control. And don't you worry about it. Don't lose your head. You don't have to be in control because the battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. I believe we can close this right there. Thank you, my friend. Let me, let me see if I can help you here. Exodus 14 and 14 in the Living Bible says, the Lord will fight for you. I wish somebody would just put your hands up and say, he's fighting for me. 
I feel like preaching in here. Hey, hey, <laughs> but then he messes me up with the next part in the Living Bible. It says, and you won't have to lift a finger. Y'all ain't got it yet. I, I see you ain't got it yet. He said, he says, he said, this next fight, you can sit this one out and just watch it from the sidelines because I'm gonna be in the fight for you. You don't have to fight, I'll fight for you. Listen, listen, listen. He said, you don't have to worry about it. He says, I'm going to tell you what. The enemy you see today, you won't see anymore. God said, I'm getting ready to take care of this enemy. God promises, I will obliterate the thing that is oppressing you. I will get rid of it. I will take care of it. And you will see them no more. God said, I'm getting ready to work it out and fix it up so that you don't have to deal with that mess anymore. I wish I had a witness up in here. You, you see, I need to realize that God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. And what I gotta know is, if God is my refuge and strength, and he's my help in the time of trouble, then if God is taking care of it, I don't need to worry about it. I'm not giving up. Giving up is not an option, because I've got somebody on my side. I got somebody fighting for me. Yeah. 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 You won't have to lift a finger. You won't have to lift a finger. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. Hallelujah. Let me send an invitation. Maybe there's somebody today who is in this sanctuary or is online who knows that you need to make a commitment to God and to the God that will keep you from falling and presenting you faultless before his throne with exceeding joy. If you wish to become a partner in the church or in the faith, I'm going to, if you're in the sanctuary, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and somebody will come over to you and hand you a card and we'll sit with you immediately after worship and pray with you. If you're here today, if you're online, I'm going to ask you to call me or write me here and say, I want to be an I member. I don't care where you are. We have literally members across the world. We've got members who wake up in the middle of the night to be on services with us. So if you're wherever you are and you want to be a partner with us, I want to welcome you. I want you to know you can come. You can come. Hallelujah. Would you pray with me?
Lord God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We surrender to you. We recognize that giving up is not an option. We recognize that we, Lord, need you. We ask God that you remind us that you're a present help in the time of trouble. Grant unto us your divine peace and your favor. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you, saints. Let me do this. I want to just uh, thank you so much, and I want to invite you now to give. If you're online, I'm going to invite you to give. You may be seated in the sanctuary. If you desire, you can prepare your gifts, your tithes, and your offerings, and you can give them at the door, or you can continue to do whatever you've been doing. Many of you have been giving by Cash App, by Givelify, or by mail. You can do whatever works for you. We just know that if you trust, trust God with your tithes, God will bless you. Open up the windows of heaven and brought blessings. You have not room enough not to receive. So we invite you to be a partner with this house. Be a partner with this ministry and give as unto the Lord. So if you get your gifts in your hand and get your PDAs, your device, your personal device assistant, that's what PDA stands for. If you get it in your hand and you get your wallet, lay your hand on it. And let's just pray over our gifts. God, we thank you even now. And you taught us how to give. And you taught us that you love a cheerful giver. Thank you, Lord, for making us cheerful givers. Allow us, God, to give as unto you and not unto man, recognizing that you are the blood that blesses us and that returns it into our lives. Have your way. Cause increase a hundredfold. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Let me just... Uh, let me just say thank you to you all. I'm just so delighted. Um, the last couple of weeks have been wonderful. And uh, I want to just make a couple of quick uh, thank yous in here today as we close this worship experience. Um, first thank you I want to do is I uh, want to thank our prison ministry. Uh, Brother Taylor back there. What a... We had such an amazing conference. We had an amazing conference, and I thank you so much for leading us in that ministry, and thank you so much for the work that you're doing, and, uh, and for the entire prison ministry committee. Give the prison ministry committee a big hand. 